Me and my husband go to this beautiful little place on holiday every year, and he was like, you can't tell them, they'll all go. <laughs> can't tell them where it is. It's a little village called Lee in Devon. It's beautiful. Um, yeah, I might see you there next year. <laughs> but um, I guess the point is, when something's really good, we want to share about it. And um, it's the same with Jesus. This morning, we're going to talk about the out dimension of being church. And Josh has spoken about the up and the in dimension over the last couple of weeks. Uh, the up dimension being our relationship with God. Uh, the in dimension, our relationship with one another. And the out dimension that we're talking about today is about our relationship with the world. So what does it mean to be a church that goes out, that takes our relationship with God and with one another, and and shares it with the world. The dictionary definition of out is moving away from a particular place, especially one that is enclosed or hidden. How hidden and enclosed is what happens here on a Sunday morning. How much do we let the love of God out? How much do we share what God has given us with those outside the church? These are some big questions to think about. But um, I think we have to approach this question of out, how we go out and and relate to the world, in the context of up and in. These aren't standalone things. We don't look at the out and then the in and then the up and then the out and then the in. Basically, they relate to one another. There's a flow from the up to the in to the out back up. We cannot separate our relationship with God from our relationship with the church, from our relationship with the world. As we draw closer to God, we're drawn closer to one another. If you think about it, if we're sons and daughters of God, then we have brothers and sisters too. And as we build a a healthy community centred on God, we can't help but attract others in. And as we welcome those in from outside, we cause glory to be given to God. We can't say that we don't need one of these dimensions without up, Without a relationship with God, the church would burn out. Without a relationship with one another, the church would be a pretty lonely place to be. And without going out, the church would just be ineffective. I've been thinking about how to explain this. Um, The church is like a society created by God, which is like a tree. Psalm 1 talks about a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruits in season and whose leaf does not wither. A tree needs to have a strong root system which goes deep into the ground to support growth and draw up nutrients. So just like a tree as a church, we need to have a deep, life-giving relationship with God to support everything that we do. A tree needs a trunk. It needs a, a strong trunk, the visible part, which holds everything together in love. There are twigs and branches, but they're all connected to the base. They're all connected to the church community. And a tree produces fruit, leaves, seeds or nuts, to bless those around it and produce new life without it dies. To have a future, the church needs to produce fruit. The church is called to share God's love with those around us. To send out seeds and produce more trees, not for their own sake, but for the worship of God. And this fruit doesn't need to look impressive Fruit starts small. This is like a little conker that I picked up off the ground. This conker has the potential to, to grow a horse chestnut tree, a tree that couldn't barely fit in this building, and it starts small. 
going out is important, uh, but it isn't, producing fruit is important, but it isn't where we start. We start with God. We start with who God is and what that says about who we are. And right at the very heart of God is a God who goes to find the lost. Our God is a missionary God. If he wasn't, you wouldn't be sitting here today. God sent his only son, Jesus, into the world to find you so that he can be with you because he loves you, because he wants a relationship with you. And we can get very familiar with the story. God sent his only son into the world, etc. But we can miss the earth-shattering reality of what we're saying. Perhaps you've known Jesus for so long that you can't remember what it was like not to have God in your life. Let's remind ourselves now of the amazing message of the gospel. Do we have any idea of just how much God loves us? God loves you. He loves you. Each one of us here, he loves us so much that he thought it was worth leaving behind all the comfort, all the glory and all the goodness of heaven to come down into this broken and messy world to make a way to be with you. And it's really important that we get this point. God loves you. He accepts you as you are. He doesn't wait for you to get a bit better, a bit more organised, a bit less busy, to sort out a few issues. Nothing you have done stops him from loving you now. There is nothing that can separate you from God's love. Nothing can stop you from turning to God right now and receiving forgiveness, receiving his Holy Spirit, becoming part of his family. God is the prodigal father, like this picture on screen, who runs with open arms towards his child who comes back to him. In his arms we find belonging. He will be with us and help us to bear anything and everything that we face in this life when we turn to him. That is just amazing news. The devil might tell you otherwise, the world might not understand, but it's the truth. God loves you, and we need to hold on to it. God's love is not just nice words. We know from the Bible, from history, that he sent his only son, Jesus, to die for you. To take your sins and the sins of the world on himself. And even death couldn't contain that kind of love. Jesus overcame death. He overcame sin that we can turn to him and find life in all its fullness. Perhaps you might want to remember the first time you really got this. Perhaps you've not really heard it until now. Our God is the kind of God who leaves everything to find the lost. The shepherd who left the 99 sheep to find the one. And he calls us to do likewise. Not to just sit in a happy bubble of this love, but to realise the self-sacrificial nature of it. To know just how much God loves us and to grow in this love by loving others likewise. Over the last year or so, I feel like God's been saying to me that I'm blessed to be a blessing. I just love that simple phrase, blessed to be a blessing. God doesn't bless us so that we can sit happy and comfortable all the days of our lives, 
What he gives, he gives us to share with the world. This was, whole, was God's whole plan in the Old Testament, that he would bless Israel and they would share this blessing with the nations around them. And Andy and Candy have just given us a wonderful example of how St. James have done this, how they have used what God has blessed them with and blessed others and seen that grow. Acts 20.35 says, It's more blessed to give than to receive. Do we really believe that it is more blessed to give than to receive? That's just amazing. When we give our blessings away, we will be more blessed. You can't outgive God. The kingdom doesn't follow conventional rules of economics. And I'm not just talking about material giving, but giving away of our very selves, as God did for us, pouring out our lives for others self-sacrificial, self-sacrificially. That's not easy. Blessing others isn't easy. Don't expect it to be, but it is worth it. It will be worth it. And that's the most important thing. What has God given you? What gifts has he given you? What resources? What spiritual blessings? What hope? How can you share these with the world? I love being generous. And uh, it doesn't have to be big, what we do to share God's love. When I worked for the council, I used to make little packs for people going through difficult times. So my colleague was going to visit her mum in, her, in hospital after work with her children. And I made a little gift bag and I put sweets and toys and a Bible and a magazine in for her uh, to take with her. And she was just blown away that I thought about, thought about her in that way, that I'd shown love to her. At the last church I worked for, um, I started a job club. It was in an area of uh, social deprivation. I'd asked around and it seemed to be the need in the area. Um, I didn't know anything about running a job club. Um, but it worked. I thought that I needed to know everything, to be, to be on top of everything, but actually, I didn't realise just how much I had to give. If I could read and I could write and I could operate a computer, I could help these people. The, the level was that low. People didn't know how to read or write in our country, and that was stopping them getting a job. They were just blown away, the people of the community, that the church took the time to listen and to help them. And they wanted to know why. And when they asked why we were doing it, we could share about the one who took the time to come to earth to die for us, who gave himself self-sacrificially as we were trying to do for them. What are the needs of the people around you? How can God use you to share his love with the people around you? It doesn't have to be big. Remember the little conquer. Jesus didn't try and help everyone. We can't help everyone. But we can do what's in front of us, what God puts in front of us. When I was praying, preparing for today, the word I got for St. James was sent. I really feel like God has sent us. In the passage before the one that we read out in uh, John 17, Jesus says, in verse 18, Jesus says, As you sent me into the world... I have sent them into the world. God has sent us into the world just like he sent Jesus. That's not something that we have to wait for. It's not a future thing. It's already happened. God has sent us to where we are now. And he has a lifelong purpose for us. 
that is as simple and yet profound as sharing his love with those around us. In John 5.30, Jesus says, By myself I can do nothing. I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. If Jesus says he can do nothing by himself, how much more true is that of us? Throughout John's Gospel, Jesus keeps referring back to the one who sent him. He constantly describes himself as the one who is sent by God, who does only what he sees his father doing. Our mission is a continuation of Jesus' mission, and we need to keep referring back to God. Like I said in the beginning, it doesn't start without, it starts with, uh, with up, with our relationship with God. The great thing is, the most wonderful thing about being sent, is that the sender is in the sent. God's not just here on a Sunday morning, and then we go out and do it alone the rest of the week. God lives in us. He is with us. The sender is in the sent. It's not our mission, but God's mission in and through us. And he is with us every step of the way. And the last thing I wanted to say is just to encourage us that we have a message to share that the world desperately needs to hear. In John 10.10, Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. In these times of political uncertainty, we can speak of a servant-hearted leader who is courageous and full of love. Where people are losing heart in human institutions, we can point to a God who is trustworthy and who never lets us down. Where profit is put above human welfare and environmental concerns, we can speak of a God who created humanity in his image to care for his beautifully designed creation. This is a crucial time for the church to be asking, how can we share God's message of love with the world? How can we help people repent and believe and to know that God's kingdom is near, that they can enter it? There are lots of different aspects to out to our relationship with the world. We can look overseas like uh, Andy and Candy. We can look at needs-based evangelism like Chris Edwards came and talked to us a few weeks ago from Hope. We can look at sharing good news with our family and friends, like my talk a few months ago about looking for opportunities that God gives us. But today, what I really wanted to share was about our attitude of looking out rather than looking in and the reason why we do it. It's a flow from our relationship with God to our relationship with one another to our relationship to the world. And each is required to live a healthy, balanced life. It all starts with God and his great love for us, his very nature of sending his son to lay down his life for us. But it doesn't end there. We are blessed to be a blessing. How can we share what God has given us and done for us with the world? We have a God who leaves the 99 sheep and looks for the one. And he has sent us to share the good news of his redeeming love and sacrifice with the world. So let's walk with him as we make his love known.